0: Everybody. Welcome to another Thinking Drinkers podcast, high-octane chat coming through your ear holes with me, Tom Sandom, and my fellow disc jockey, Ben McFarlane. Hoo-ha, Tom! Hoo-ha! Hoo-ha, indeed. How um, are you doing? I'm all right. We're a bit weary. <laughs> we are a bit. We've yeah. just done
1: uh, what we've never done before, um, a press day, where we're on Zoom talking to reason... Radio stations, and newspapers, and and stuff ahead of our 2023 dates, and it they it's great. But you do and there's times where you were saying the same thing, and I was so like I was just boring. And I, was then just I realized like... that they hadn't heard you say that yeah. before, <laughs> uh, so it wasn't
0: that boring. Um, but by about the eighth interview, you you'd nailed it. <laughs> oh yeah, I knew exactly what to say, but I was very close to saying mercy. You remember? I remember when someone was doing a, a Chinese burn, other country burns are available, yeah. or, or twisted your arm around your back and it's like, go on, go on, what are you going to say? And you had to say mercy. So they'd stop and you're on your knees in front of them. Mercy. I was a bit like that. I was like, please, please let me stop talking about our show. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it anymore. It's going to be great, all right? You should come. Buy a ticket. Bye uh yeah it was a bit intense wasn't it but uh um, no no
1: it's good I, I we are very very grateful for the uh exposure interest um the interest
0: climbing. i mean god people um, are actually interested so thank you um yeah no it was good but it's it's quite it's quite full cool tilt it's just a lot of talking into a microphone like we're doing now so that's it but this is going to be different because there's going to be uh well, it's going to make no sense. <laughs> I think it's just going to make no sense, be more random. Uh, and as discussed, high-octane chat. We're going to disagree to disagree. Yeah, where differing opinions
1: clash. <laughs> the thing is, we tend to agree. It's not yeah. like a kind of uh, shock-jot podcast, is it?
0: No, because these do, what, days... What, what,
1: what do you, what is, is there anything that you disagree with me I,
0: about? I disagree with it. BPR are by far the greatest team the world has ever seen. I definitely disagree with you on that. Uh, I think they're a championship. T- t- actually, you probably agree with that as well. Now they are oh, champ- yeah, championship yeah. till you die. Uh, <laughs> every time they look like they get a sniff of promotion, they seem to ruin it. Well, I it's think we both say
1: that. Um, for any listeners that aren't aware of BPR, they're a West London Football Club that I've supported all my life, and I've, I've brainwashed my children into doing the same thing, and. Um, Remy, my oldest, wore a QPR hat and gloves into school today, and he and I had to sit him down and say to him, "Look, they haven't won in twelve games, so there might be some other children who make fun of fun of you for supporting QPR. But what you don't realise is that one day, one day they will be good, and oh. you can turn around and say you've supported them from the very beginning." The and then he, he said, "Were well, you were they good when you started supporting them?" I said, "No." I said, "How many how many trophies have they won since you've been alive?" And I said, "None, mm. not one." And then I yeah. see it in his eyes just going, "Oh, deal, come on, Dad, <laughs> do a bit better." Yeah, but I mean, I I've grown, was born. I've, he was born next to the stadium.
0: Well, That's it. I mean, my kids could have been born next to Watford, my team. Uh, Vicarage Road is actually is like a it's, it's actually adjoining almost to a hospital, so they could have been born there and they could have been Watford fans. But I did know such. No such cruelty to children by f- enforcing that on them. Um, they're Arsenal fans, and that's good because you know now I I have to take them to Arsenal. Question <laughs> football, <laughs> is, that's it's very expensive. Champ. Very expensive, yeah.
1: Well, he um, said to me, Remy said today, he said one day I'm I'm, I'm going to play for QPR. And I said, Well, the the way things are going, you'll be playing for them uh, the next week, mate. Yeah. Uh,
0: no, uh, so I agree with you on that. Uh, you agree with me that Watford aren't pretty. No pretty, pretty soulless club to some these days. Although I don't no, go so much anymore. So I don't We need
1: know. to end I think people like disagreement. If you look at social media, there's a lot of anger mm. confrontation. quite binary, isn't it? Mm. You can't just there's no room for compromise. So I think maybe next week we need to come up with something that some we, things
0: we disagree to disagree
1: on. Deliberate but just make it you pick one side, I pick the other, and we pretend to have an argument. All right. And maybe get people to ring in on either side. And then we kill time before the inevitable when we die.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, for the time being, uh, mm. that's what's going on in our lives. Uh, we were on the telly the other week and we're going to be back on the telly. So watch out. Watch out. Yeah, people. man. We've been invited back onto this morning. Um, one morning that's not this morning. Um, next week or the week after so we'll be back on the telly box Uh, we've been drinking even though Ben's doing dry January he folded so he's drinking I'm drinking modest modest amounts though we're both drinking modest amounts because we're back on tour on Friday so we're gearing up for our first tour dates in Nottingham on Friday night at uh, just the tonic which has finally started to shift some tickets. So thank you, Ben, yes. for Nottingham. Uh, and then the following week, off to London's glittering Leicester Square Theatre, where we are also selling tickets. And, and then my hometown gig in Harpenden on the 25th, which is also selling tickets. Looks like we've sold somewhere in the region of uh, 20,000 tickets for the first three gigs, Ben, I think. Yeah. Let's try and move us to that, the 0 Around that. Something so If you round time. it up. Mm. So pouring all our pouches. That getting ready for that Uh, and here we are another week ahead of us uh, with some drinks to recommend and in terms of the chronology of this week well we've got a few things we could have picked Uh, the first Winter Olympics in Chamonix was uh, on the table maybe we could have gone for that Uh, Enos Kofi receives a patent on his stills I mean if that doesn't wake you up and get you excited about drinks i don't know what will um uh but there was a there was a birth of bob marley as well but actually what we discussed was we've been doing a lot of historical men oh in recent haven't we and it's patriarchy more, yeah i mean obviously the history books were written by men ben but i think this week we're going to pick two events to try and mix up a bit yeah and you're going first in terms of the knowledge am so, i friend, oh yeah, i think you are okay yeah you were on the Fourth of February. The fourth of February
1: nineteen forty one, which means it was eighty-two years ago, there was a man called Beaconsfield Worthington. Not another man. Yeah. But he was a bit of a dum-dum because he may have had a it's a good name, isn't it? A magnificent name. Yeah. But he's famous for steering eight thousand tons of big ship in onto the rocks of off the island of the scottish island of eriskay um now what made this famous was the fact there was loads of whiskey on board and it, it ran aground um and no one knows why he did it because he had an impeccable captain's record Beaconsfield weather um so it was 1941 so it was the war beginning mm-hmm. of the war
0: is that why uh, he crashed or was he trying well
1: to- they thought there might have been a Well, was there a German gunship on the starboard side? Some thought so. Mm. Was Worthington worse for wear? Because he was drinking whiskey. Had he been drinking the stock? Oh, had he been getting high on his own supply? Or was it the fault
0: of magnetite? Do you know what magnetite is? It's um uh, a, a substance that sticks to the underside of a hull. Um, uh, it's a crystallisation of um hermit crabs that sort of not hermit crabs the um the things that stick to the bottom of the ship. I've no idea. Limpets, limpets. I'm just making shit up. Yeah, now. no, that's Go not. What no, is no, it? no,
1: it's none of <laughs> Well, it's it's in the title. It's in it's The clue's in the word magnet. It's the most magnetic element on Earth. Right. Um and uh it doesn't stick to the bottom of the ship necessarily,
0: um, but it drives <laughs> crazy. Well, there's a man who doesn't know if it does or doesn't. <laughs> well no, I didn't well, It does there's a ship to it. If the ship is, is made out
1: of metal <laughs> and is magnetic, of course it does. But what I'm saying is <laughs> that's not the reason why it's not like it got stuck on there and then yeah. you know, drove it My left.
0: my 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 lies um, have held no truths. No, okay. no, because because
1: gotcha. no, because it makes the compass go crazy, batshit crazy, and spin around. Oh. And so, if you're steering a ship, you don't know what you don't know what go like So, is it? Is
0: it in the, I wonder if it's in the Bermuda Triangle. I bet it is. Probably, it is. yeah. Um I'm just going to go, <laughs> but I think a more romantic
1: version. I mean, no one knows why he smashed it into the rocks. It might be because he's just. Bit rubbish, yeah, a but, um, and he was a. Uh, but the more romantic uh, idea is that the SS politician, which is the name of the ship, full of whiskey and other stuff, was pulled into the arms of Eriskay by the sheer whiskey deprived will of the islanders. Because, like I say, it was back in nineteen forty one, life on the Isles was pretty bleak. Um, because the Outer Hebrides back then, obviously, that was the first line of defence, um, and so they could they could move. They couldn't leave. Um, whiskey consumption at the time had been rationed along with everything else um, uh, and, and basically the antipathy towards English were, was at its peak because they have been basically left, left sort of hung out to dry up there so everyone was in uh, need of a dry oh,
0: hung out to wet it's pretty wet yes.
1: up there. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but dry because no booze yes. so, and along no... comes
1: and oh. then along comes Polly uh, SS Polly it was effectively uh, renamed Polly And it was packed with some really top-notch tax-free whiskey, which was worth, in modern money, seven million eight hundred thirty-six thousand four hundred forty-seven pounds fifty. A lot. Yeah. And but so when it grounded, there was a sort of uh, they they there were official salvage attempts to try and get uh, get all the booty off off the boat, but. it didn't really work so um once that was abandoned the local islanders they got going mm. um and let's let's get one thing straight here it wasn't stealing they were rescuing the whiskey because mm. they were selfishly saving the bottles from being you know swallowed up
0: by the mm. sea um that mm. wasn't did they, however... how, did, how did they store the whiskey in the bottles eventually did they store that in sheds or in their tummies that's you well,
1: know. a bit of bit Well, I'll come to that because mm-hmm. they were ingenious in the way they kept it. I mean, customs, they did, they thought it, they saw it, but they didn't really distinguish between rescuing and robbing. Um, <laughs> so uh, these thirsty Hebrideans basically descended on poor Polly under the cover of darkness. It was sort of um, seen as illegal. Um, so they were, they came from everywhere, all over the islands. They came in fishing boats, they, there was like, they, great they'd climb these 50 foot rope ladders that swayed in the wheel, wind um they had they had homemade hook spears where they'd fish out the whiskey from the um from the hull which was all dark it was pitch black it was oily um hold number five was where all the whiskey was kept and they had it was basically like a massive game of like boozy hooker duck because they were drinking the stuff as they went along so they dangerous hiding.
0: it was very right dangerous next for the oil spills Oof. yeah
1: and it was made more difficult by the swirling sea obviously this was february uh well um late late winter so um and they and they were covered in oil and because uh, they they were the first few attempts they were using some of their old clothes but they had to throw the clothes away because it was obviously evidence so later as it got, you know, later weeks, they were turning up wearing their wives' clothes. <laughs> so they were these men swinging off ropes on the wearing dresses with a with a like a hook in one hand, a bottle of whiskey in the other, and it was all rather comical. Um, There's nothing funny about
0: Them um, dressing what? up as a woman, just for our listeners there who I might disagree I with you, <laughs> just, if you want to get us what? get us into a. Twitter debate, a mass debate. (laughs) There's the way to do it. It was really funny. No, blokes were dressed up as ladies. (laughs) Yeah, it
1: was hilarious. Um, Yeah, I suppose the more... uh, Yeah, you got me there.
0: (laughs) Beautiful. (laughs) Disagree to disagree. Yeah. (laughs) No, I
1: mean, it's it's disgusting. Uh, (laughs) No, it's not. They can do what they want, but they weren't doing it because of a lifestyle choice. They were doing it because they... um, Needed um, fresh clothes to rob a boat, so yeah. it's different
0: to salvage from a boat.
1: So no, I think it anyway. But um, <laughs> back on land, so they got all this booze back on land to Day, and the islanders. They employed increasingly elaborate ways to hoodwink the uh, the excised men. So they buried, they buried the bottles in sand dunes. They planted them in the peat bogs. They put them in flower beds. They kept them in coffins. Um, they would. <laughs> They would it basically if you had an old relative, they that you'd kick the bottles down their pajamas if they, bedridden. <laughs> uh, they were bedridden, and they would they fill up hot water bottles with whiskey, and he, And there was one one guy who um, the excise man came and visited him, and uh, he he was in bed and he poured all the whiskey into his chamber pot.
0: Well, um, I was going to say, I mean, one of the ways around it would have been to consume it and then refill. I think it was a lot uh-huh. though. Yeah, but I mean, if you'd have started refilling the bottles with murky, muddy water, or indeed your own urine, and given it back to the excise officers, then they would have uh, probably not known the difference, and um, and true. you could you could have just said, "Well, I just think that was just poorly made spirit, mate. Um, it's not for you." But the the excise men thing is quite important, isn't it? Because it did all catch up with them, did it not? With uh, the customs officer Charles McCall. Oh he because he was a massive bad end, wasn't he? This well guy? he was
1: just like I mean, and with everything that was going on, I mean there was a war, uh it was grim, everyone was skinned, um just let it go, lads. Let it mm. go. I mean mm. it's it wasn't crashed on purpose. It's not like it was held up by pirates. It was just a bit of luck. So mm. um yeah he he prosecuted quite a few I mean it was kind of um a lot of the uh, a lot of the sentences were sort of once it got to courts, they were let off. A lot of the people were let off, and it wasn't it wasn't punished massively. But the I mean, it, what what if you look at pictures at the time, it wasn't just whiskey on the boat either. Um, there was loads of stuff on that boat. Um, because uh, it come from South America, so people were riding like oversized bikes and wearing ill fitting like ponchos, and they were trading and buying bits and bobs with rolls of um south american currency um all of which had inadvertent commas washed up on the shore um and someone even relieved the boat of a grand piano but there wasn't a house big enough to to hold one
0: which gives you an idea of the, the trials and tribulations of that exactly, community exactly why not let them just have it charles mccall but you he wouldn't would he, he no exactly after them. he went so after they them. Um,
1: so but they eventually, eventually blew it up they blew oh. up the boat to ro- rather than let people have it. They just blew it, blew it up. That awesome. is out of order, isn't it?
0: Awesome. Um,
1: so so, um, but still there are after the war cases were just emerging in like the sand dunes. Um, there's apparently loads of bottles buried beneath the runway of the airport there. Mm. And, and still today, locals are stumbling across bottles in the most weirdest places. Um, some bottles have been sold at, um, at auction. Uh, there was a sort of a really a bit of a disastrous enterprise a few years ago where um loads of investors paid for some divers to go down and rescue some bottles, and they did, they risked quite a few. Um, um, but by the time they came back, um, it worked, it was worth the actual return the investors got once they blended all this whiskey was, was, was 20, 24 pounds
0: each. <laughs> yeah, well, I think there's a mixture of success and failure, isn't there? Because there's um Donald McPhee, yes, in 1987, he actually managed to recover some of them, and he only got eight bottles, but he sold them in auction for four grand. Yeah, so, so that's not bad. That's okay, but, but
1: not. I mean, still, if you think most of these were, I mean, there were low. There was lots of different labels, so it wasn't just one whiskey. There was loads of um, different uh, whiskies in there that were different from different distilleries, but most of them were distilled in 1938. Um, and amongst the stash were some pretty distinguished Rams from some very decent distilleries. Um, so you kind of think that given the story, that it would that some of those bottles mm. would
0: have got more would have fetched more than that. Well, I would hope so today. I mean, there's a big it's not a racket, but I mean there there is a big industry in collecting whiskies and buying these whiskies that have were were made in a certain year or aged for a certain number of years, and people will pay. Tens of thousands of quid for stuff. I mean, if you uh, discovered a bottle of like this today, or you had it, I would hope to think it would it would earn you a fair amount of quid. Do you yeah. not think? I mean, it's but also just from it's the a, story, a, well, a story. Yeah, exactly. Just from story. And if you yeah. think
1: of some of the whiskeys that have been put up for auction, you know, this is oh look, lads,
0: we've we've, we've found a barrel that's mm. been
1: uh, hidden. You know, exactly. I mean, some here. of the stories
0: are good. I mean, I went to a cognac distillery where they didn't. A, a barrel of cognac behind a, a hastily erected wall, as the Nazis approached. That's yeah, pretty that's, cool. That's when you find that, story, that's a yeah. good story. But then you've got oh, this was just at the back of our barrel house, yeah. was it?
1: Yeah. We... It's got some. It's got some like Louis Vuitton diamonds. Yeah. Make like, diamonds? I don't know. I don't know. I don't
0: know. Yeah. I mean, it was it's someone who wrote the Telegraph Luxury for quite a while. I've had my fill of these. Stories, Ben. Yeah, sixty thousand like,
1: pounds. Oh. And then you get you get newspapers ring out going, "Can you comment on this? Why is this the most expensive whiskey?" And I, like, well, it's not. The mm. barrel's are very expensive, but once you mm. put it in the bottle, it's,
0: it's like any other. Anyway, um, this um, whiskey is it would be worth a bit of money just because of the story. Yes, yeah. that's, that's yeah. for
1: sure. And so, well, but apparently, to this day, whenever the islanders of Eriskay, um go to uh, you know, have a sit, uh, have their whiskey. They raise a toast to the captain of the Polly, the aforementioned Beckensfield Worthington, the captain, and uh and then they um they say this. It's a little little ditty here. Don't ask me why I'm feeling sad. My thoughts are melancholy. The truth is that I've had a dram of whiskey from the Polly, for that's a ship that came ashore and you never saw her like before. She's whiskey in the hold galore, and it's led me into folly. Oh. oh, isn't that
0: beautiful? And but tell um, that bellend McCall to piss it, off. Yeah, I doesn't it doesn't rhyme that last bit, but no. I like what you've added there. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Huh. Um, huh. So um, it was a novel. uh turned into a novel in, uh, by Sir Compton Mackenzie in forty-seven, And then there's a 1949 eating comedy that you know, warmed up that austere post-war Britain um, just prior to the chill of the Cold War, uh, there was a film called Whiskey Galore, and that is really funny, and it's got um, Bergerac? Um, no, nope, not Bergerac. Gordon um, Armstrong. Gordon Watson. Who is it?
0: I don't know, but they remade it with Eddie Izzard. Yeah, that was, he was, he was, it was Jackson.
1: It. Gordon Jackson, that's it. Not Armstrong. Yeah. I think he okay. was Southampton. Um,
0: yeah. Gordon Jackson who was in The
1: Professionals, and he was in The um, uh, uh, Escape... Uh, um, the Great Escape He's one Great of the guys escape. That gets yeah. on the train And the German goes Good morning Or whatever. He goes alright He goes don't oh,
0: No He says thanks oh, Damn he that was it He gives really? him back his password He goes thanks
1: yeah. <gasps> You idiot Wally um,
0: Gregor but, Fisher's but, in the remake as well Gregor Fisher is Rapsi Nesbitt Yeah
1: it's
0: I mean no. I'm no Mark It didn't really need remaking Did it It didn't of it was got was so that sort good of, It was very good But also had that Sort of era nature about it you know where it is yeah. of its era and the story kind of is as well i don't think it it's sort of it's got a charm about it that it's a forgotten charm ben really in many ways that
1: no, the halcyon uh, sepia tinted days of yesterday
0: yeah and it and it doesn't need remaking but no. they tried um i know but, it, but agree, i mean failed.
1: But maybe they got it eddie because he wears well maybe they just got him for that that scene
0: Wow, wow, I thought come we could let that lie. Right. <laughs> I'll come back. What are we going to drink, Ben? <laughs> what should we drink in honor of the oil spilling whiskey? Well, we're not going for whiskey. See, wreck.
1: <laughs> that's that's, um, that's rather controversial. We're going for Oladou, mm. which is a lovely um, stout that's aged in whiskey barrels, Highland Park whiskey barrels. Um, and they've got various they've got different different variants but based on the age of the whiskey that was previously held in that barrel they put it in there for a year um all, all i do is gaelic for old engine oil because that's the original the name of the original beer that goes in there which is brewed by um the founder of Harveston, who was an ex uh ford mechanic so mm-hmm. and he was he was um uh, they set up uh the brewery near a place in Scotland called Dollar, which is very close to Sterling, Tom.
0: Yeah, which we right. were learning about in our grouch show yes, tasting the yes. club. Yeah, the club. Ooh, so club. there was
1: some currency uh, uh currency currency quip for you there, but it's nowhere near
0: the town of Dong. <laughs> Ben tried that at the tasting at our club yeah, I mean, I had we, we had time. a Scots in Scotland in there didn't we and we tried this sort of do with, um, with Hamish and the other members the,
1: yeah um, it's lovely stuff it's God, really good gorgeous. you can get it on Whiskey Exchange you can get all three variants for it and it's, uh, it's not. It's, I think it's 11% and yeah. it's lovely stuff it's really easy uh, well, no, it's not easy to drink at all. It's excellent. <laughs> I was going to say it's easy. Eight uh, percent. It's really easy. Really quaffable. <laughs> yeah, it just solves all your problems. Um, no, it's good. It's I described it as a dessert beer. It's not mm. a desert beer. That's for sure. It's 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 quite unctuous and gloopy, and something to having a nice little snifter with some chocolate, a bit of cheesecake. Or some cheese. A nice ponky yeah. cheese and biscuits with this is absolutely... Or creme brulee. Mm. Yes, which is French for burnt cream. Mm. Um, so that's... And it's really, really good stuff. And a uh, nice is down there. Up there, rather. Um, and... There. we're. And the reason we're <laughs> choosing... What, the reason we're choosing that is because it's... Not only is it sort of whiskey-tinged, but it's also... Imagine the dark, oily, viscous waters that would have... Um, face those islanders as they were trying to hook a duck whiskey out <clears throat> we thought about this and i think we've captured it perfectly
0: yeah well done Thanks, uh man. should we go on to mine yeah i think i'm done there. Uh, okay
1: just like just like <clears> just, <throat> just to wrap up that um i totally dissociate myself from the remarks made about dresses.
0: sadly it's on record it's actually recorded on a file that will go on yeah, to if the I world. Say, if I
1: say that, uh, uh, you know, no, but someone will just cut that
0: quote and they'll absolutely. But I don't have a problem uh, with people wearing it. I don't care what they wear. <clears throat> no, well, it doesn't matter. It's too late now, is it? Um, I might I just put, said it was I funny. Might I
1: said, but <laughs> no. But I said all I think all I said was that it was funny. The image of people <laughs> swinging on a rope. It was very comical. With comical wearing men wearing, wearing, men wearing uh, <laughs> uh, their wives' clothes, covered in oil. Trying to hook a whiskey—that uh, is
0: comical. Well, to you, I'm a bit more open-minded, but we'll we'll see what the internet decides when well, I can hit that and put it on Twitter. Anyway, anyway, anyway uh, I don't I don't know how to link to, to of all story. the things that could bring us down. I'll be <laughs> well, glad if that's it. Yeah, it would be a shame, especially as we survived a pandemic, a global pandemic, and indeed some of the costumes we've worn over the years. Indeed, some of the some, sketches we've done. Our, our hot air balloon balloon sketch, which might well make a comeback in an ironic way, was certainly delivered in the first place in a non-ironic way. We just thought it was funny. Let's not go into that now. We've done enough damage with one pod. Let's not talk about it anymore. Let's move on to mine because Ben, it's been a big week for museums. Talking of <laughs> talking about comedy, uh, which. Well, it should be the museum of why well, has it been a big week for museums? Uh it hasn't really. I'm just trying <laughs> I'm just trying to find a reason to shoehorn museums into the podcast this week. Um we do love museums um and we go to them a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so I go to them. I was a member of the um, Imperial War Museum, Ben. I'd done my that's our link to your bit, the, the war. Um, wow. Um, I know. <laughs> so I was a member there. We used to go to Duxford. I was a member at the Tate. That's a museum. Um, where else have we gone to a lot? Oh, the British Museum. Well, yeah. that is the reason that I brought it up this week because. Um, I'm also a member of a zoo, which is kind of like a museum. But I was planning to go to the British Museum uh, in the half-term holidays because my son is studying Egypt. And we thought we'd go and look at the sarcophagi and, and sarcoph- sarcophagi girls. <laughs> um, yeah, and, uh, but uh, but I can't because the staff of the British Museum have announced they're going on strike. Oh, Well... Uh, not to get political, Ben, but I guess like anyone who works in public services um, is a little bit cheesed off at the moment. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't have to tell people to shush. Uh, I don't know. Have you been there recently? It's an absurd amount of queuing there. It's quite a lot of cattle herding and um, and no one speaks English in the queue. They so you have to deal sheepdog. with foreigners. They could <laughs> get a sheepdog, couldn't they? <laughs> yeah, just start rustling all the uh, foreigners um, so yeah, <laughs> they've they they've called a strike. Um, so I thought, well, I can't take them to the British Museum. And so I thought, well, where where next? Where would I go? Well, I thought I'd take them to the um, the free museum that is the world's first vagina museum. Really? Um, yeah. That? Well, that's in uh, Victoria Park, Bethel Greenway in London. So I was going to take them there. But this week they've announced that the the world's first vagina museum is to close. They're closing it. Yeah. We'll shut up shop completely and um, that'll be the end of the Vagina Museum for the time being until they find a new opening somewhere else. Um, So I can't take them to the Vagina Museum. So in many ways, it has been a huge week
1: for... Well, if I was... I mean, if I was... uh curating the vagina which i'm available to do
0: i imagine based on your previous comments that there's no one more (laughs) open-minded in the world as a man you should but what i would do
1: is i would instead of having like a buzzer the vagina i'd put a little red button that you had to press to get in i put it somewhere where
0: it's very difficult to find I'd it inside there somewhere. You'd be like, they'd be like, can I come in? Okay, you know, you way. have to press the button. You know the yeah, where is, it?
1: is it, it? No, not there. The museums.
0: There? And they give no, those not kids a pencil and a, and a map. And you have to fill it And then it eventually the so the I say, oh, can, you <clears> can you do it? All right, I fine. give up. I give yeah, up. I give up. Uh, now. So they've closed it. It's closed. It's shut. Um, so I'm That's not taking okay. them there. I might take them I've just realized I did did do a bit of reading about museums this week and then I've got a couple of other facts um the Didcot Railway Centre in Didcot has just taken um guardianship of uh a, um D1023 oh yeah uh, the uh the the National Railway Museum of York which we know well because we used oh, to yeah, do all shows yeah, up in York yeah. they've loaned it to them they felt they were a worthy uh, lone-y. Uh, and it's the diesel hydraulic locomotive, British Railway's oh, yeah. uh, class 52cc number 1023. Uh, Western yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I, I, I think a lot of our listeners know this already. Yeah, it was built in Sweden in 1963. It's, um, it, it was a successful engine until British Rail decided to standardise locomotives to diesel electric traction. So yeah, as you know, right. that meant diesel hydraulic Westerns kind of became a bit... Um, Less useful Withdrawn in 1977 So That's going to be up in Didcot So you can see that Uh, You can't go to the Vagina Museum You can go there Um, And the reason I'm talking about museums Is because of my story Which is February the 7th 1845 When um, a massive uh, Well Pratt Decided he should destroy The Portland Vase At the British Museum Yeah And uh, we... We have a mantra, and drink less, drink better. Probably never more applicable than here because that Pratt in question was a man called William Lloyd, and he was a drunk visitor to the British Museum, Um, and out of his mind on a booze, he chucked the vase. <laughs> he didn't just knock it over, he picked it up and chucked it, and he didn't just chuck it on the floor. He chucked it into a case full of even more precious artefacts, <laughs> He didn't try to destroy any of the artifacts in the in the in the other case, but he did completely destroy the um priceless Portland vase. Um and uh he did yeah, he I mean it was actually owned by someone else. It was owned by a guy called William Henry Cavendish Cavendish Bentnick. So there's another great name for you. William Henry Cavendish Bentnick, third Duke of Portland. And uh, America. Well, Portland as in America. Mm. Not as in America, no, a Duke of Portland, England. We'll come on to Portland, America in a minute, because that's the link I've made to a drink. Uh, oh, okay, so really. But but sorry. Uh, sorry. But, um, but, but William Lloyd, uh, I don't, it's not really clear why he chose the Portland vase. And for people who don't know it, it has been put back together. And you can still see it on display at the British Museum. Um, just not in the half term holidays, uh, but it's not really a piece that would uh, enjoy quite the notoriety that it has over the years. But because for this man's just wanton destruction, <clears throat> it's a vase that features naked people on it. Um, I can tell you that much about it. Um, but otherwise, I'm entirely sure why 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 he why he picked it. Um, perhaps he was just extraordinarily angry about not seeing enough naked people? I don't know. Um, but well, he'd been maybe, drinking. Maybe it was a closure through the Vagina Museum some yeah. years later that had frustrated him. Yeah. <laughs> his name wasn't William Lloyd, though. He'd been drinking for days, apparently. Uh, it later transpired that his name was William uh, Mulcahy, and he was actually in hiding from his family in Dublin. <laughs> he'd, he'd legged over to London to hide from them and then proceeded to get extraordinarily drunk and, and, strong, and, and famous <laughs> for the sound of If you're <laughs>
1: trying to hard for your family, don't get arrested. One of the
0: biggest controversies of the era. There are other ways to keep a low profile. Um he didn't seem, seem intent that intent on keeping himself um keeping himself secret. He went over there and absolutely made a complete tit of himself. Um and I have erroneously linked this Portland vase at the museum to Portland the city in America. Uh, which is a city that's full of great drinking stories. And Ben and I are very lucky to have been over there. Uh, one of the great breweries, Rogue, isn't it, Ben? I'm yeah. Of the Rogue beers. Um, but when I was looking into the podcast today, I was trying to find some Rogue beer, And it's not actually that easy to source. No, they,
1: they come and go. There mm. was a time they won a competition in Sainsbury. Um, not as in, <laughs> they weren't in there. They didn't win like a year's supply of pot noodles or something. No, their beers were entered in. Sainsbury's had a sort of blind taste test amongst of beer experts of all their beers. And uh, the prize was um, uh, a year's listing in Sainsbury's. And they won it with their really, a bit like the beer I was talking about, with this really lovely, thick kind of, I think it was a mocha porter or a mocha imperial stout, something like that, which all the beer geeks loved. Mm. Um, but it meant that, and it was on the shelves in Sainsbury's. And it was, you know, this was a really sought after beer. And Sainsbury's managed to secure loads of it. And obviously, no, no one normal. This is before craft beer was a big thing. Bought it because it was it was just too difficult to drink. And so, by the end of that year, you could get bottles of this amazing beer for about fifty p. And mm. uh the geeks went crazy. um But yeah. but then then it was brought over here. Then it stops. And quite a lot of American brewers and beers that uh, you know have come over here become quite popular. And then. And then the supply's kind of gone down because it's it's all about the pound versus the dollar, mate. It's all about, I don't want to get into currency again. No, but, you it's know. a hard
0: time to be moving shit around the world, really, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so so I was going to suggest that, but it's actually not that easy to come by. Um, the other story we had from our time in, in Portland was when we went to Mary's, which oh, is, yeah. um, we didn't realise because someone said it's one of the best craft beer selections in, in the cities in a, a bar called Mary's. And we walked in there and, um, and it was. The menu is extraordinary. And we enjoyed some of the most amazing um, drinks in there. And uh, we walked out And as we left Someone said did, What have you been doing in there? And I said, We're just having some beers And they said well, Did you know it's a strip club? And we said No Had no, no idea did. We didn't, didn't see, see, that. see anything
1: I In there I was writing uh, Some stuff about hot down yeah. in my little pad Talking and about And I was beers. Kind of acutely unaware Wow Of I said, oh, the all the stuff Going on On the stage
0: So then we went back in And it yeah. was yeah. Oh my God. Two that days was, that later. There was a vagina museum then.
1: <laughs> oh my God. And also, we made the strange decision of meeting my cousin there as well.
0: Yeah, that was a strange decision, particularly for you. I mean, she wasn't my cousin, so I didn't feel quite <laughs> as awkward. awkward. Sorry about that. As you did. Very well. uh, but Mary Strip Club, uh, a great place for all sorts of exhibitions, much like a museum. And, um, and being was... in Portland
1: is very ethical.
0: Yeah. And it was opened in 1954, so it's a really ancient spot, a historic place. So we, we're well within our rights, is what I'm saying, to go in there. Uh, but so I couldn't say the the, the rope beers, um, but what I would say is uh, another big week for Wrexham Football Club, who were all across the all across the telly um, at they the were. weekend with their uh, Hollywood owner Ryan Reynolds. And he had plastered all over the, the, you pointed this out to me, Ben, all over the uh, the coaching staff, his aviation gin. Yeah. Which was uh, first distilled in Portland. So I thought, oh, why don't we try some aviation gin this week in honour of the Portland bars uh, and Wrexham and, um, and that. I mean, it's tenuous, yeah. but I like it. It is, but aviation gin is, is quite an interesting one because... What we've seen in recent years, actually since aviation, is a wave of gins where they've tried to dial down the juniper in a bid to appeal to the gin fans who say they don't like gin. Because a lot of people who say, I don't like gin, don't like those big juniper notes. So aviation is described, or was described by its creator as a new Western gin, Ryan Um, the guy who made it he coined that term um and it is it's it's, it's, he's he uses the terminology botanical democracy by which he means juniper is not the number one profile botanical in his gin it's got a bit of controversy because for us juniper kind of is gin that juniper note is what's yeah. integral to the the spirit and the distinction of a spirit like gin over another botanical spirit or a vodka that's got botanical flavors in it. So we'd always say, well, that's quite, it's quite integral to it, but it does get people who think they don't like gin into the conversation. So we've kind of been supportive of any spirit that's helping to do that. Um, and it's actually Quite an interesting flavour profile because of that. It's got quite a herbal and an almost savoury note to it. <clears throat> and in this week's uh, tasting, we're going to be doing Portobello Road gins, and we've got their savoury gin in the tasting. And having tasted that, it's not dissimilar in profile. So mm. it's almost like aviation was a bit of a trendsetter in those more herbal, savoury style gins that are quite experimental and people are, are going into now. So it's actually starting to become more relevant than it was, I think, when it launched. And it's only $24.99 on Amazon. So that's pretty good.
1: Yeah. Um and he uh, seems like a nice fella, yeah. doesn't he?
0: Ryan Reynolds, yeah. yeah. Did you see his um his Letterman interview? That was a it was a bit salesy. He was selling everything in that oh that was, was he? Yeah. But well, I tell you what, I think it seems like a nice chat. I'll tell
1: you what was annoying was the commentators <laughs> constantly saying oh this is uh, during the game. So if anyone didn't know, he he owns, uh, we part own, co-owns uh, Retsmith Football Club. They were recently playing Sheffield United in a football match. Sheffield United, are uh, several divisions higher, expected to win. And uh, it finished, spoiler alert, finished 3 all with Sheffield United just scoring a last gasp equaliser. Mm. And they kept saying, oh, you couldn't, Hollywood script writers couldn't write this. And... Mm. You got to, that's that's bollocks. I disagree. High saying disagreement here. Mm. Because I mean I've seen films about aliens coming down and morphing into like uh, wolves and shit like that. Mm. I don't, I think a three or have you? What's that one? Well What's I don't it? know. I was just I mean, there's loads of put it this way. <laughs> there's loads of films with outlandish plots, uh, which have been written by Hollywood script writers. So I think they could probably come up with a three all draw away at Wrexham. It's not yeah. that impossible, is it? No,
0: I um, um I I agree. It's just the uh, overblown commentary that
1: Yeah, it's still... <clears throat> but anyway, yeah. it's good stuff, that's good gear.
0: It is, put but it, it in makes a great... yeah, or no, have it in an aviation cocktail, uh yeah. which we'll put the recipe up, but it's got uh, lemon juice and maraschino and creme de voilette, uh um, Violet Violet, Violette. Violet.
1: Violet. Violet. Violet
0: which is a fret It's an Alpine uh, liqueur, isn't it? VLA. I mean, yeah. Creme de VLA, yeah. which we we always love those sorts of stories around yeah. those Alpine drinks. Uh, and it's just kind of, when you mix it, it's this uh, sort of bluey color, um sky blue color, uh-huh. which is where it gets its name.
1: Aviation. It's a great, it's a great cocktail.
0: It is. So have some of that um and have it in an aviation cocktail in honor of the Portland Vars, we haven't got many historical insights into the vase itself because. Well, I no, think, there was some
1: I Roman. I've, I've I've done a little bit of research. It's
0: yeah. I, I mean, it, it, it's I just
1: some of the stuff. Uh, a lot of a lot of Roman. Uh, yeah. Iconography, <clears throat> iconography, but also as Alexander the Great's mum is in it. Mm, apparently, and if it's any like anything like him or her husband, who was called the Human Sponge, he drank so much. She must have liked to drink as well.
0: Yeah. So um. It's, um, it's, it's just a historic vase, isn't it, mate? I mean, yeah. and it's still there. So you can see it when they're not on strike. Um, and, yeah. and more power to them, obviously, you know, do go on oh, strike. Oh no, Go on strike. Uh By all means. We're going to. We're going to have a week off. Um, so, yeah, everyone yeah. else should uh, in protest <laughs> that, you know, we're not being paid enough. Well, no, <laughs> but, but
1: when we're not striking, we are working hard and we've got some gigs coming up, Nottingham Friday night. <clears throat> 3rd, um, is that correct? Yeah. Probably 3rd, Nottingham, just the tonic, get involved. Yeah. Um, the 2nd, or, or no, the ninth of February... Is uh London glittering West End, Leicester Square? Then we're in Harpenden, and then we venture up north, don't we, Tom? All oh, my words, we're, we're all over to... the north. People Where say do we, we
0: don't go to the north, we don't go to the south. Well, well, we're we, going in we <laughs> quite quick succession. We <laughs> <laughs> had someone
1: re- uh, email us saying, Why do you never come to Scotland? Mm. We were there for 26 days in a row in August. Yeah, yeah.
0: you're dumb, dumb. And we're um, going quite close to Scotland again. When we, we go are, we're to going Power to, to Oldham.
1: Alnwick, mm. North Allerton, um, North Allerton, uh, um, Pendle. Pendle. Oh Just man, we're going everywhere. We're going everywhere. And then we go to Brighton, yeah. Bedford, March. Yeah. It's we go everywhere, man. And then we go Reading, Didcot, Stroud, Leicester. <sighs> and we finish the home of the Trouser Press, the Corby.
0: Yeah. Uh there we go uh, some very quick deals for you oh, uh, right, yeah. as requested by some of our listeners what we've seen out there it's uh, uh, a barge yeah Um Sainsbury's is selling it's Via Maria for £8.75 down from a tenner why is this interesting Ben because it's just a really bog standard Sauvignon Blanc is it? <laughs> I've got nothing to say about wine I think from... you'll find that it's, <clears throat> it, wow. it
1: comes from a part of the world Chile is it Chile no. Or is it Spain? I think it might be yeah. Oh no, it's New Zealand. New Zealand. Oh yeah, New Zealand. Well, it's funny yeah. to mention because where they grow the grapes, it's on a it's on a like an incline and it's hot during the day and it's cold at night.
0: But you know that the um the Northern conditions countries. in which the grape has to grow is quite quite hard for it to yeah to to fend for itself so it yeah, grows it tougher. Hard. so it works yeah. harder to get more produce, yeah and it get, get more sugar in there yeah. um and so on and so forth Why and then right you too? put it
1: in a barrel and mm. then it mm. looks some oak to it and if it, it's uh, oak it means it tastes of 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 of, 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 of oak yeah. and then it goes with risotto maybe Twiglet. have a salad twiglets. maybe it goes with fish, twiglets. chicken chicken um and it's some light dishes, but if you got mm. the Via Maria white one, but in red, it oh, would yeah. go. It would go with red meat, lamb, um, beef, uh, beef pasta, pasta, dishes. not just any pasta, pasta that goes with red wine, cheese, cheese, chocolate. Um, and it's got some tannins. Wiglets. Both of them, tannins. It goes with
0: twigglets. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, so hashtags. Like
1: Wine writing. wine writing is, is well, easy. well easy.
0: Sainsbow, they've got a Jamison, and I say that for the listeners out there who think it should be pronounced Jameson. It's not. It's Jamison. 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 Uh, Jamison. Sainsbury's was selling it for £22.50. Can we start by saying, that is a freaking really? steal, man. That whiskey shouldn't be on at £22.50. One of the reasons people don't think it's a great discerning whiskey is because it's already priced too cheap. They've reduced it to 19 quid. Oh, look, the gift horse th- in the mouth, Tom. That is under £20. Uh, that is an absurd price for one of the great blended whiskeys. Yeah, Go and get gift- some. Don't get a case. Don't look at gift horse. Do not look at gift horse in the mouth. Especially
1: if you're from Ireland and it's in your kitchen because yeah. that's where they live.
0: I, I th- that that wouldn't that would might sound like Ben's being racist as well as um his comments about men dressing as ladies you but I when I, I went on seen, holiday to Ireland as a child they do though, we hasn't? did we, we were in a we were in part of there Ireland
1: there's very common was a horse in the house and also banshees <clears> of issuing I just watched and there's they it got
0: it got a horse and a donkey in there well, yeah that was set in the 1920s still it? happened the, Anyway, uh, gin deal of the week. If you don't mm. want to go for aviation, you do like your gin. I found a gin deal here, Ben. Tanqueray 10, uh, which is reduced substantially in Waitrose and is now £27. Now, oh, simple, that yeah. is a, a good deal. But Asda are going up against them. And I think at oh, the no. moment they're returning it for £26. It's a battle battle. Of the supermarkets, Asda yeah, V Waitrose. Yeah. But it does mean if you shop in Asda, you can get it cheap. If you shop in Waitrose, you can get it cheap. Yeah. So, uh, so maybe we're talking to all the demographics. Yeah, exactly. So um I was in ideas. Morrison's the other day. Right.
1: Um, and they have got look, they've got a good selection of beers. But the one that caught my eye, the one that gave me the glad eye, the wink, mm. was Sierra Nevada, four for three pounds four for three for the price of Three. that's £2.50 that's £7.50 for Sierra Nevadas one of the great beers and I've got some oh. other ones in there but and I think you can mix and match minimum
0: minimum minimum mix and match
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um you can minimum mini, mix and match your beers and i also got shouldered lamb which I slow cooked on or fire there as well and I had some red wine I you red you had some red wine, wine. Go, <laughs> I we? bet you had some red wine red with that didn't nice. you
0: if you didn't, we're here to tell you, yeah. guys. This is what you need to do. Well, all I can say is red thanks. Red.
1: Thanks to all those wine writers out there. Yeah. When I served up that red, that lamb, I know if I hadn't been reading what they've been
0: writing, I would have had no idea what to have. Wow, the Sunday papers—that's that what they're there red red for, isn't it? Just I know. to give us little fifty-word bits on oh, wine. God, for those wine guys. With a price, uh, using using of the fifty-word word, word yes. count. The name and of I'm the wine, the really price, the Super Until next week. Pair with red meat. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Okay.
1: I wow. can't really, I don't think we can really accuse anyone of padding
0: things out. Um, no. Um that's it, really. Uh, all right. Love you. Uh, we'll see uh, yeah. you next
1: week. Well, I think next week is a week. Uh, are we going to do anything about the Super Bowl? Maybe. Mm. We'll have a think about it. We've got um, plenty of time.
0: See who's in it. We'll see yeah. who's in it. Phil- any Philadelphia versus drinks. Kansas. Is that is that confirmed? Yeah. Is that, was that this yeah. weekend? Yeah. Oh, I saw Philadelphia. I didn't realize Kansas Which was. Perhaps we could have something Kansas. that goes with cream cheese. Um, Philadelphia. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Thanks for listening, everyone. Love um, you. Tell everyone about us. Yeah. Uh, spread the word. We were just on a, a radio station where the disc jockey had actually listened to our podcast, so if he can listen to it, I think all yeah, of you. He accused me of can being a gay porn star as well on live on BBC Radio. I mean, that's an odd. accusation. I mean, he was just, he said, you look like that's well, not, he wasn't, he was saying, no, it pays well, mate. I'd not knock yeah. it. <laughs> I would have been.
1: You're <laughs> on very shaky ground, it is. <laughs> All right. Love you. Let's go for the oh, liars. I'm here. Bye. Bye bye. Cheers. Bye.